Welcome back to the Home Stretch, the property podcast with Ian McKenzie, and we're joined again by one of our favourite economists, Anthony Codling. Thank you for coming back, Anthony. Pleasure, as always. Lovely to be invited. So thank you. So back for 2023, we actually haven't seen you for a few months. You gave us all a very comprehensive roundup of 2022 and your predictions for 2023. So now we're back for the end of Q1, aren't we, Ian? We are indeed. We probably need to get the predictions uh, back on the back on track just to see where we are against those. I remember the inflation one, 2.9% by the year end. Yeah, really happy with that. Yeah. Keep, keeping that. Yeah, happy with that. Happy with um, house prices. Well, not happy, but I, 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 know, I, I think house prices will be down uh, 8 to 10% still. Yeah. Um, and transactional that, volume was the other one, wasn't it? Yeah, this down. 9 960 yeah so not down 20 percent is what i said on on transactions and um just you know to be complete even though this one's not looking great at the moment but you know it's, it's we've, yeah, we've only played one quarter um bank rate i said would peak at five and a quarter didn't i before starting to come down um but you know we'll see we'll see we'll see what happens and we'll the see. other thing that you said at year end was that the last year would end with 1.25 million transactions do we know, do we have that data yet? Oh, 1.262. Okay, interesting. Yeah. So that's a pretty robust fit, set of figures for last year, isn't it, in terms of transactional volume? Very much. Yeah, very much um despite the the kind of ups and downs post um mini budget which you know, who'd have thought we'd still be talking about that uh, in yeah. April the following year. Um yes, aside from that a strong a strong a strong year, really strong year actually. Um I think it everyone is- was probably surprised. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it is the, I have to say that we, we talk about prices going up, prices going down, inflation, bank rates, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the only thing that as an agent that I would be worried about is the size of the pie in my town or in the locations that I cover is how many transactional volume or what is the transactional volume, I should say, um, in my town. Any sort of indicators where that's concerned yet? Well, do you know, it's really, it's really interesting because Holly kindly sent me through um, some some data. So she was saying the average number of properties sold subject to contract in the last four weeks has been twenty three thousand five hundred and fifty one per week. Okay, so if we gross that up for a monthly figure, um, that gets us to a run rate of one hundred and two thousand a month. Okay, now in Q four last year. So um, October, November, December last year, we had 305,860 transactions, which, guess what, works out at the same 102,000 <laughs> per month. Who'd have thought, eh? Um, but in terms of where we are so far this year, so we've got the data for January and February, and the figures averaging around 92,000. So they're down 10% so far this year in terms of transactions um, completed transactions compared to the last quarter um, last year. And that's probably indicative of the, that last quarter, which was um, quite absurd, really, in some respects. Trustonomics, uh, lots I, of sales falling through, etc. Do you think? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So as as all your listeners know, transactions take time. And if we think of, I suppose if you think of the time between offer and completion as a conveyor belt, you know, what we're seeing now is the offers that were accepted several months ago coming through to completion. So that kind of hiatus, September, October last year, is we're still seeing that impact um, coming through, um, which is probably why those numbers are are lower 
Um, and again, you kindly sent through some uh, kind of fall through data for me. So you, you're saying that Q1, 25.25%, um, whereas in Q4, it's almost 39% fall through yeah. rates. And yeah, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah, and, and 25 is good, actually. Um, 25, if we look at the average between 2017, 2019, so pre um, any impact of the pandemic, it was 28, average 28%. So, you know, better than you know, what we could broadly call a normal market. And, you know, we must remember in all fall throughs, again, your your members know this better than I do, but a, a third of fall throughs are down to people changing their mind. Yeah, you know, and then the next biggest one is mortgage, and then slow progress, and then results of a survey. So, you know, where we saw that that spike um, in in that Q4 or post September, that was because essentially mortgages, um, you know, were just taken off the shelves, and so that 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 contributor of people not being able to get a mortgage um, rose significantly um, following that that mini budget. Sorry, just for a bit of context on those figures as well, I just wanted to say that they came from um, Chris Watkins. Um, Chris Watkins, so you spoke to him a few weeks ago, Ian, didn't you, on the weekly property show, I believe it's called. So just to thank him, that's where they came from. Yeah, thank you, Chris. So um, going going up a level, so just generally speaking about the economy, Anthony, what's mm. happening? As you know, like inflation was surprisingly higher than people thought um which you know everyone said oh it's, it's going to start beginning with a nine it's going to go down a bit and then unexpectedly um it went up which is which is interesting and <clears throat> that was kind of driven by um domestic so food and alcohol prices so we couldn't actually we couldn't actually blame that one on external factors so what's going on in other countries and what's going on with other banks and stuff that was that was kind of down to us and literally the next day the monetary policy committee met and they set the um, bank of england bank rate and you know they they made clear to all of us that you know the bank of england has three as tony blair might say three priorities inflation inflation and inflation and as a result they increased um bank rate so from four to 4.25 um in order to kind of attack that attack that inflation figure and you know we think it probably will go up again to four and a half um maybe at the next mpc meeting or or the one after that so you know on my predictions it's not looking like five and a quarter um like i said at the at the year end which i guess everyone would be relieved about so mm. happy to be wrong um on that one but i think it does show that if um if if they think inflation isn't coming down they will just keep ramping up um the the bank rate and obviously that feeds through to those million or so people on variable rates um at Limpat, those 1.4 million ish people who are going to be remortgaging this year um and you know, fortunately the majority of people won't be impacted hugely because they're on fixed rate deals um so for the time being until they come up to renewal they'll they'll be okay um i suppose the other thing to mention is we're starting to see pay rises come through the system which does obviously irk the the bank of england um i'm sure it doesn't irk people receiving a pay rise um and that's good news for the housing market because you know mortgages are based on what we earn so if we earn more um we can spend more on houses and history shows us that we you know we very rarely say oh, that's good news i can borrow four times my salary i'll just borrow three times you know we, we tend to borrow as much as we can and so if wages are going up that will help um underpin house prices mm. which is uh you cover that off well, we covered up that off 
correctly, probably September, October, didn't we? Last year, I think we discussed that very point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Although, you know, it's different. It's interesting when the, the main indices don't know what's going on with house prices. You know, in February, we had one going up, one going down, which I thought yeah. was was interesting um i thought it made me feel better for not getting it right all the time <laughs> if they don't know um but i think i think it's fair to say the you know the direction is is kind of down um at the moment and you know the the, the data we had from nationwide last week you know the, the head i love the headline oh it's down 3.1 percent year on year ah and yet the actual month on month figure was down 284 pounds which in the context of you know Two hundred seventy thousand pounds didn't seem that bad to me, but what do I know? Sensationalist reporting once again, and that's one of the points that we that we say to all agents is we must allow the consumer to make an informed decision. So if they if if our customers are making decisions based upon fear or based upon misrepresentation of fact, it is the agent's job to actually allow the consumer to make an informed decision, which is what this podcast and other learnings that we are trying to promote really do. Um, really do show. So um, it's fairly safe to say that if inflation has shock results at any point in the future, the one of the main levers, if not only lever that the Bank of England have is actually to look at interest rates. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, that's that's their their kind of front and centre. And, you know, essentially, it's, it's, you know, how do we if we just make things more expensive, if we make it more expensive to borrow money, if you know people will will spend less or borrow less, and that you know they want to reduce that inflationary inflationary pressure, and you know essentially the way to look at inflation is if you've got a fixed number of goods for sale, um, but give everyone more money, they'll just try and spend more money on those fixed number of goods, and therefore the fixed number of goods prices will rise because there's more money and they can't build any more, and so the the Bank of England is hoping that if we take money out of what we call the demand side, then it gives the supply side, so the manufacturers, the producers of goods and services time to catch up. And you kind of think they should do, because we keep hearing about full employment and people struggling to find people to do work. Right? So in some senses, you know, despite what you read in the papers, you know, things are going well in the economy because you know, unemployment is not rising at the moment and there are shortages of staff at the moment. So you know, the least bad option, I suppose, in terms yeah. of um, stress in the economy. Okay, and um, how much of the issues that we're in is down to supply chain? Because last year, sort of the buzzword, particularly in building and renovation, was supply of wood and supply of this. And is that is that also part of the issue? Is that it's opportunism for people to charge more? It's a bit. I mean, it's interesting chatting to the house builders. They're saying they they are able to um, agree longer term supply contracts with suppliers yeah. so um contractors especially bricklayers carpenters are kind of pricing themselves into work so they're, right. they're keen to have a longer contract because they think or oh, might be a bit uncertain in the future <clears throat> you know we'd rather have visibility um on that and you know the house builders interesting situation with help to buy coming to an official end on the kind of 31st of march so just just last week and um, yeah, that's that's been well flagged. They they took the last um, orders, as it were, at the end of October. So they haven't been able to sell any more homes under help to buy since October. So they've had kind of five months to try and get all those those um, sales completed and and over the line. And you know, the big thing for the house builders is if we look at someone like Taylor Wimpy, it's one of the big three. 2020, it was just about 50, just over 50 percent of their sales was helped to buy. Wow. Um, 
yeah, <laughs> in in 2021, the rules changed, so it became first time buyer only and regional price caps, um, and it went down to 36%. And then the last financial year, so the year to December 2022, they're at 21%. So there's been a huge reduction in volumes for um, house builders using help to buy, and that will be the main big house builders that we all uh, kind of know know about. And obviously, from this year, you know, there won't be any um, new ones for them, just the ones that have completed. So. The house builders looking at where does that volume come from um because yeah it's it's a huge sales tool that they've had since 2013 and they know no longer have it are they going so th this is that's a sector which actually creates its own marketplace to a certain extent are they going to delay or hold back some of their supply to actually boost their sales well i think what they what they typically do is build build to order in a way so they, they try and match the supply of homes with the demand of homes and it's, it's very sensible you don't want to flood the market with 50 similar properties um but they will you know take reservations build to have the, the show homes on site so match and they're you know they're price takers so they the prices that they're charging will reflect what's going on in the much broader second-hand market you know because they're only about one in ten um one in nine housing transactions so right. They yeah they take their lead from, you know what the what the guild members are pricing properties and stuff at. So hopefully they listen to the guild members because we get all, because we always get it right of course. Um, builders have also got the Part L regulations, haven't they, with uh, energy efficiency that are coming into play in June. So there's some other complexities in their marketplace. Yeah, that, that that's I mean that's that's going to be a fascinating long term trend. Um, you know the obviously some of the house was saying hey this is an unfair playing field because you know we have to have we're competing against existing homes that don't have to meet these requirements and yet this costs additional money you know where's that going to come from because we can't charge more for the houses because they reflect second hand reflect second hand market um you know really interesting to see what happens in kind of on the rental space where you know the government's currently saying all rentals have to be a c epcc uh, by 2028 you know, four and a half million properties in the rental sector wow. um, could be an awful lot of them that are no longer able to be part of that rental sector. So that's that's a huge issue coming down the down the tracks. And then mortgage companies, they're being told um, that by 2030, which in mortgage terms is not is not a long time, um, their average EPC um, across all their mortgages has to be C or better. Yeah. And you know that i think that's going to lead to differential mortgage pricing so if you I was just about to ask that exact question yeah. so so you go you go for a remo um and the rate that the remortgage and the rate on which you're offered is determined by your epc rating could that happen yeah i i, I genuinely think it will because the the you know we call it we call it nudge theory um but it's more kind of carrot and stick you know if, you, if you've got an a rated um house then a mortgage company would, be, would love to have you as a customer because yeah. it helps their numbers. Similarly, if you've got an F or a G or a D, they're less keen. Um, so they'll offer you a mortgage, but it will cost you more. Um, and you know, you could see that you could have the situation where I think you will, where um, EPCs do start to impact house prices. Because if you, if you can't get as good a mortgage rate, um, yeah. that is going to factor into house prices. So there's a huge, huge, huge opportunity um, in terms of improving energy efficiency of of your home um in terms of pricing going forward and i think i think we will see you know just like our cars are taxed on emissions i think houses will be taxed on emissions 
Well, that's an interesting. That's a very yeah. interesting. That's a podcast in itself. Isn't yeah, it, time? indeed. Well, yeah. I mean, I just because you know we it's fascinating on the spring budget. No mention on property taxes. Yeah, you know, the whole debate with stamp duty goes on and on. But I think you know that if we're if we're serious about the the net zero targets, and you know our homes are the fourth biggest contributor to greenhouse gases, and probably the easiest one to adjust. Yeah. Yeah, because we can all do something about homes. We can't all do something about um, transport infrastructure or power stations, you know. But every one of us can do something on our homes, and that's the fourth biggest contributor to greenhouse gases. And you know, governments like taxing nasty things, right? It's because it, then the message can be, "Oh, I'm taxing the nasty emissions. I'm not taxing you, Ian. I'm taxing the nasty emissions, you know. Mm. And and you're going to reduce those emissions because it's good for your children, your grandchildren. You know? So it's it's an easier message." yeah um to to sell i think so yeah watch this space but yeah maybe we should talk about that another time yeah interesting back to uh the general economy so with the so it so we were technically not in um recession yep which is good because we saw some growth didn't we last last month yeah 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 which, which is good, good. But we saw inflation go up, and the and the Bank of England reacted instantly by putting a, a quarter of a percent on the base rate. So it is you naughty people stop spending money, and be prepared. We are going to see this one through. That's pretty much the message that they're sending. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was at the Final Country Conference a couple of weeks ago, and there was an economist that spoke up and said people are just still having too much fun. So if you get past <laughs> restaurants, they're always busy. That people are still spending. If you if you stop spending just to spend spending just a little bit, it would actually be better for the long term. Um, sounds like he was right. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree. And it's you know one of the things that they're saying was driving actually was I said the domestic side. So it was the it was the eating out, it was the the, the alcohol prices. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's it's an odd one though, isn't it? it I know I'm biased, but I, I tend to think all these things help the housing market because if you're spending less going out and spending less on holidays and less on cars yeah. got more to spend on housing haven't you you know and that and that's what and that's what people do i mean that, yeah. that's why that's partly what drove house prices during the various lockdowns because people had nothing else to spend their money on yeah you know, mm. they couldn't buy cars they couldn't go out they couldn't go on holiday um oh it'd be nice to have an extra bedroom or some more outside space oh look we've got more money than we thought we had yeah there was a joke in lockdown wasn't there about cars which is my i don't know about you but my car my car is doing four weeks to the gallon <laughs> which was pretty pretty true at the time wasn't it so um predictions for the housing market in the second quarter i mean it's activity looks strong um it's comparable to 2018 2019 from the data i've seen on the chris watkins show um fall throughs were up but they're now they're back to a good level what do you see just sort of a a fluid market where it's a tough on the tougher side of the buoyant marketplace but still okay yeah i mean you know so as you know my favorite kind of stat is always mortgage approvals and yeah. they let they increased by 10 percent um in february to forty three thousand. so still you know it's still a long way below their their longer term trend um but yeah i take it as direction inflection points are always kind of more important so the fact it's it's tending up is, is a good thing it does show that the the, the um mini budget is hopefully behind us yeah. you know i'm still you know, I'm still sticking with the volumes are going to be down. Right. Um, you know, they are, they're kind of down, as I say, they're down about 10% um, so far on a monthly monthly run rate. I think that's still got a way, 
um, a way to go. Um, yeah. But I do see, so I think I think second quarter will be subdued. Um, but if inflation does start coming down, I still believe it will um, start coming down, then that will put positivity into the market. Because as soon as we get some, once inflation is down at single figure and then high single figure, and then mid, you know, as soon as it gets to mid single digits, um, then if not before, we're going to start to see bank rate coming down. And if you've got bank rate coming down and inflation rate coming down, then people are going to start to feel much better about life. Yeah. That, that will lead to a stimulus in housing transactions because people think, oh, we're through the worst of it. You know, and the, you know, the, the, the left, well, left field event, the event we really want to see, uh, God willing, is for the war to end, right? And that would, that would have a, a huge positive impact on uh, consumer sentiment. So, you know, and that, that could be a real kicker, I think. And, you know, hope it happens soon but yeah I hope, I hope for lots of reasons um can i just ask one question around um mortgage rates and swap rates etc yeah so whilst um i was a bit confused by something and i'm hoping that you can help me uh we saw the bank of england increase uh, the base rate by 0.25 percent and then the very yeah. next day not naming any names some lenders came out with reductions to two three and four and five year fixed so that's something, as I understand it, to be the swap rate or something. If you could yep. explain that, please, to me and therefore all of our lovely listeners. Yeah. So, so the, the the swap rate is the is the price of certainty. So, if you a bit like share price in a company, they move up and down every day. So you don't know what what the share price is going to be, and what a swap rate it says. Hey, how about we just made that price one price for a period of time for you? Um, and so it's that price of certainty. So you might say, do you know what? I'm willing to pay 20 quid a month just so I know my mortgage rate doesn't change, essentially, because I'm that just, you know, we all like certainty and that will help me sleep at night. And what what we're seeing at the moment with, so that that swap rate is how do I price that uncertainty? So if those things are really uncertain, like they were in September, the swap rate jumps up because right. um, we don't know what's going to happen to bank rate. It could go really, really high. Therefore, I think it's high risk. At the moment, interestingly, and I only I just updated the data that I've got today, the the spread between um, the swap rate and bank rate is lower than its long run average. Oh, okay. So one way to think about that is that the the financial markets are saying actually we think things are less risky than on average at the moment, and so that will mean that you know although they think maybe bank rate is going to go up to four and a half, they don't see it going any higher. And so, okay, we can play with that because we know, you know, in our mind, we're pretty certain on where stuff's going. You'll also have had um, the lenders, you know, at the end of the day, they are in business <laughs> to, to lend money, right? Um, and especially after the period we've had, you know, it's September, well, from September until last month, mortgage approvals were going down. You know, so imagine that as a guild member, you've had, you've had six months of the number of homes you're selling going down. Right, you're in business of selling homes, right? <laughs> you you want to sell more homes. So just mm. as a lender wants actually to lend more mortgages. So there'll be an element where they're happy about the risk, but they also want to take some market share. And you know, they can be pretty selective. You know, it's what the headline rate is one thing, right? We've reduced our rates, which is great. As you and your members know, securing that mortgage is a different thing by the time they've done the credit checks and up to the LTVs mm. and da 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 da. So it's it allows them to kind of cherry pick the um, the strongest buyers, but it's good, right? It's a good sign. We'd rather yeah. see rates going down than up. Yeah. Oh, 100%. So that's that's quite encouraging to people. Yeah, yeah definitely. 
definitely. It means that the banks are, as I say, they're, 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 it's only positive because it's either they think the market's more certain or they want to take more market share. And if they want to take more market share, yeah, that's because they think the market's improving. <laughs> as in, they want more risk. Yeah. They want, you know, they want more exposure to the housing market. Yeah, good. So the circumstances that we're in today are very different to the uh, global financial crisis. It's it, it's a fluid marketplace from a from a lending and borrowing perspective. It comes back to the good old fashioned word of sentiment, doesn't it? Sentiment, com- confidence in the marketplace, and it's the agent's job, once again, in my opinion, to give the consumer the choice and to build the confidence in the market. Yeah, because it's probably still a good, great, long time bet. Correct. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, I believe so. You know, if, if you look at the, you know, the credit crunch, house prices were, you know, were, don't use the word freefall, but you know, they, they were coming down quickly, right? And um, mortgage rates having to come down, and we didn't really know what was happening. Housing transactions halved, right? No, no one's, no one's saying they're going to halve, no. you know. And house prices, as I say, they were down a whole two hundred eighty-four pounds last month. You know, that oh. it's very different from some of the headlines you read in the newspaper. You wouldn't think that, would you, from reading them? Um, and yeah, banks banks are looking to lend more, which again, complete opposite of the aptly named credit crunch, you know, where they, they were looking not to lend money. It's interesting what you say about confidence in the market as well. And the figures are also showing that other economies have got confidence in our economy at the moment as well, because sterling was up selling gained three percent in march so i guess that shows that we're because there was that big drop drop at the end of last year so it shows that confidence is back as well which is good to for people to hear yeah absolutely we're not we're yeah at one level people think it's a it's it's a safer place than it was to to put your money you know we're not at those 40 45 year lows which is it's never something you want to read in the newspaper that that you know this is this is how quickly we've we've kind of mucked things up there um but yeah yeah Yeah. no i love hearing you talk about the economy and the housing market anthony because you really put it you put it into perspective into context and i always walk away feeling like i knew a lot more than i knew before i started and the irony is is that i know these figures because i read them in the newspaper and i read the articles but actually do we fully understand as you say Ian, what these headlines mean and are they are they clickbait as it were sometimes i think in conclusion we're not doing too badly are we in the grand scheme of things over q1 um we would love to get you back anthony again obviously i'm hoping nothing drastic happens in the next three months if they do will you'll be the first person we call but can we have you back again for another update well you know if if you're willing to hear me waffle on then i'd love to come back always always yeah absolutely thank you very much we've still got anthony's uh, predictions that we can discuss in december they'll be here in no time at all the only one I disagree with slightly, and it's only marginal, is transactional volume. I think it'll be over a million. And you said 960. So 40,000 in the whole UK is not that much difference, is it? I'd be happy to be wrong on that one. Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Completely well, I, right. I too would like to see what people's thoughts are. So I think I'm going to add a poll in mm-hmm. Spotify for this Ooh. podcast. So if you're listening on Spotify right now, go to the poll at the bottom and see who you agree with or if you've got another idea altogether let us know okay thanks so much again Anthony and we'll speak to you soon cheers bye thanks Anthony